Um, but if you can just prolong that delay uh-huh. gratitude a little bit and just start doing a little bit of like you know, multifamily investing, like you're uncomfortable, you're not in the place you want to be, but you're living there for a reason yep. to get to a place you want to be. Uh, the place you're going to be in the future is going to be 10 times greater than the place that you get when you, if you like just came out of college or started a new job or bought your first property. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. What's up, guys? This week's guest on the podcast is absolutely awesome. Wendell has a really cool story and shares a ton of great tips for all kinds of folks in the real estate investing space. In this interview, we get the pleasure of digging into quite a bit of skills and mindset that you need to be an investor and entrepreneur. A few of the topics we chatted about included how you can live for free by house hacking, how to 10x your dreams by delaying gratification, the absolute need for work-life balance, and a few tips for jumping into your first property. We had a blast in our conversation, and I hope you enjoy. Let's jump right into the episode. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 83 of the Creating Wealth podcast. Today, we have the great pleasure of chatting with Wendell Butler, a phenomenal local real estate investor and loan officer with Envoy Mortgage out of Medway. What's going on, Wendell? I'm so excited to have you on, man. How's everything going? Going good, Kyle. How are you doing? I am hanging in there, my friend. Weather's starting to get a little bit warmer out. Hopefully, you know, kind of keep Boy, going it, in that direction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was the past few days, and then today was pretty cold. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> for it, too, but, you know, we're, we're hanging in there in good old New England. <laughs> Pretty much, man. You know, I, my mom was telling me something about snow or something like last night. I'm like, ma, I'm like, I don't want to hear that, please. <laughs> oh, no way. I think it snowed on Easter, didn't it? I, I, had, I had a, I had like hail in my backyard. Yeah. I was, I was like, why do I live here? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm right there with you, man. I hear you. <laughs> but, no. but, awesome. Yeah. So Wenzel, to kind of jump right into things, my friend, you know, Tell us kind of a little bit about your your superhero backstory. You know, what kind of got you into real estate and, and kind of gave you the bug. Um, I'm very excited to, to jump in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't have like a standard kind of all-time like life love for real estate. It kind of just happened out of the blue. Um, so when I graduated college, I was trying to be like a physician assistant. and I was going like the whole like medical route. Um, and then I realized shortly after being a CNA for a little bit, gathering my hours, um, I didn't enjoy that as much as I thought. <laughs> um, so then I had like a little quarter life crisis and I moved to uh, Miami and with some, with some friends that were like entrepreneur type minded. Um, and when I was down there, I was kind of just hustling. I was bartending, um, working. I had my own e-commerce type site going on like a business. And then I realized how much, um, how much fun that was and like freeing kind of being entrepreneur like is. Um, and then I ended up moving back to new England and got like a nine to five. And then within like five months of having a nine to five, I was just like, I don't know why I'm doing this. So I caught like the entrepreneur type bug and I was like, how do I get out of this? Like I can do some e-commerce stuff. Um, I can do, you know, start my own business. And then I fell 
I fell into um, reading about real estate. Um, I read some books. I read like uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Obviously, that's what everybody reads. <laughs> and I started reading some of Brandon Turner's book from Bigger, po- uh, Bigger Pockets. And I was like, this doesn't seem that bad. Um, it seems like it's pretty straightforward and easy. And um, well, not easy, but it's like pretty understandable. And I was like, I think I can do this. Um, so then that's really what got me into it. And I just started like real slow. I started with like a condo and worked my way up to where I am now. Um, and I'm still very new, but you know, I'm, I'm light years ahead of where I was in a pretty short amount of time. I feel like. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely awesome, man. It's, it's so exciting. You know what I mean? Like even, you know, just kind of being around like a couple people that, you know, think a little bit differently and like, you know, maybe less of like the traditional, like nine to five, you know, kind of lifestyle. And like, it starts to really make you think, you know what I mean? And like, you know, reading books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like just send you over the edge to like new things. You're like, yep, I oh, don't yeah. want to do that nine to five anymore. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like they were, um, they were basically, so my friends created this thing called CrossNet. I don't know if you've heard, seen that or heard of it. It's like a four-way volleyball net. And um, when I was living with them, it was like nothing. And they were just like literally in the apartment, like putting together like poles, like trying to like play cross net and we would go to the beach like every day and I would help them like get marketing. Like we take videos of us playing it for like their business. And I was like, this is cool. Um, but I was like bartending and I still had that mindset. Like, why don't you guys get like a job on the side to like, you know, make a little bit of money because they were making nothing. Yeah. Um, but then I just realized like the amount of hustle that they put into it and the amount of grind. And now their company is like, you know, 10 figures. Like they're about to like, possibly sell it for like multi-million dollar deal and then go on to a new thing like i'm like okay well if you just grind at something long enough you know as long as you have a goal and a set thing in mind you, you can be successful in anything and you know that's the way i kind of look at real estate and I, I i chose real estate as my avenue for that but yeah I, I totally agree man that's that's incredibly inspiring you know like to especially to to kind of see a story like that you know like very very close to you mm-hmm. you know and just kind of like you know think on on a, a much you know higher level of like you know the things that are really possible and like you know the sky's the limit <laughs> for real i was like they, they literally went from like constructing a cross net with like blankets and like other I don't even know what they use. They use like two volleyball nets and put them together themselves. And then now it's like, you know, they were on ESPN yesterday. Like they had a tournament on ESPN, which is pretty cool. That's um, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, I can do anything. And it's exciting. It really opens up your mind. Once your mind is open, you know, to that stuff and that you can really do anything, you're kind of unstoppable, I would say. I mean, there's always like things in the back of your head that's like, you know, you can't do this, like it's hard, but then you're just like, you know, yeah, I can. Cause you think of those things and experience that you've had and seen people be successful that, you know, the way I kind of look at it is especially like having, you know, a really, really crazy story like that, you know, I mean, like if you can see it done once, like, I, I feel like that's kind of all you need. You know what I mean? Cause like you've seen somebody cross the threshold before of like, you know, something being possible. And now like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like people start to think like once they've seen it done before, they're like, Oh, all right. Like so-and-so has done something like this. Like, how can I, you know, kind of like put my own spin on it or, mm-hmm. you know, like what can I do to, to have a vision, you know, just like this and be able to take the action to, to get to that point. 
and like actually have an end goal in mind, you know, that's, that's more realistic. Like, cause, cause you've seen it done before, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's like taking, you know, building all businesses, you know, creating wealth and whatever is all the same. I mean, it takes just like dedication and a goal and discipline and consistency to get to it. And just seeing, you know, anybody do it with any way, whatever way it is, you know, like a sports player, like becoming a professional sports athlete, like you don't get to see how much they grinded to get there, get there. But like they put a lot of effort into it in like days and hours and like weeks and months and years of grinding, you know, to just get to where they are today. And it's hard when you just see people's results, but when you actually are like in the moment of them, like in the beginning stages and then see the result, then it like, it, it pretty much sets your mind on believing you can do anything. So it really does, man. I, I couldn't agree more Yeah. So to kind of, um, to kind of bring it back into the real estate a little bit, man. So I guess what kind of, um, I guess, like what kind of started to like ask the question about, you know, like potentially getting into multifamily, um, you know, like after you bought that first condo and like, kind of like, you know, what kind of planted the seeds in your head of, of maybe trying something out that's a little bit different. Yeah. So when I first, when I first bought my condo, I wasn't thinking about real estate yet. I just wanted a condo. And yeah. I was like, I just want a place to live. I'm like, this is cool. I own my own spot. And then, um, then I started reading like the bigger pockets books and I was like, okay, like multifamilies, you can like buy something, live in a unit, rent out the other, live for free. And I was kind of doing that with my condo. Cause I had a roommate that was living like in a room and paying like basically a third of my mortgage and my payments. And I was, I didn't realize like how much of a big factor that was. <laughs> and now like there was only like a $1,100 mortgage and he was paying like, you know, seven fifty of it. And I was like, that's pretty cool. But now I'm like, I'm at the duplex and it's like a 2,300 mortgage and like all my tenants are paying for it. And I'm like, wow, okay. Once you start getting like step-by-step step up and up and up, it's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, that's what opened my mind. I was like, you know, I'm actually kind of living for free almost on the condo. And I was like, I want to live for free next time. Um, so then I started looking at the duplexes and uh, multifamilies and my next property, I came across the... Uh, it was a duplex. It was just the best deal at the time that, you know, came, came to me. Cause I, I made like tons of offers and it was the first one that like really made sense. We got accepted. So I was like, let's just roll with it and go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's super cool, man. Um, I, I totally feel you about the, uh, like living for free. I'm, I'm still trying to live for free. I'm, I'm pretty close in, in terms of like, just kind of talking about the debt side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely game changing, man. You know what I mean? Like, and especially to be able to see, or, I mean, there's a couple of different ways to go with this, but I, I think it's super cool how like you were house hacking, like before, like you actually knew what it was, you know, like having that roommate in the condo and like, um, I think that's the coolest thing in the world, you know, and like just kind of stepping back and seeing the impact of it. And you're like, Oh crap. Like, huh. Like maybe there's, there's something yeah. really, really big here. Like along with, you know, like having this, this huge thing happening already. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. Like, I mean, when I grew up, I was pretty financially, I just understood financials and how to, I guess, use money the right way. Yeah. yeah. And my dad, my dad was very huge on that. Like he always taught me it. And like, even when I got this condo, he was like, you're going to get a roommate. 
like you should probably get a roommate and then like i got a roommate and then i was like okay like what can i do the next step for this and then yeah i started just moving towards bigger bigger things from there but yeah once you do it at a small level like you can just the next step is just do the same thing but at a bigger level i mean it's all the same it's just yeah bigger you know (laughs) (laughs) i definitely agree man it's funny that you say that actually because i'm actually um I'm trying to get a couple roommates in my property right now, like in my unit. Um, yeah. Cause there's a college like 10 minutes away from me, um, you know, in, in another town, the next town over. And it's going to be interesting. Cause like, I haven't lived with anybody before outside of my parents. So like, I, I don't know, like it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's pros and cons of roommates. I mean, you always have a person there. It's fun. Um, they help you pay for like your mortgage. Um, you always have company, but I mean, if you pick a bad roommate, then it can go downhill because, you know, <laughs> maybe they're leaving crap everywhere and you're like, Jesus, you come home from like a long day of work or like grinding and you literally are stepping into like just a war zone. You're like, Oh my God. Um, <laughs> but it's good to like, you know, when you have a roommate and you just communicate well and, you know, yeah. set like boundaries and figure out, you know, what you guys you know how to clean and like what you guys like work together on then it's pretty good but yeah it's a good idea i mean if you think about it with like a three family say if you have a three you have a three family right yep yeah so say you have a three family and a two bed like one bath or three beds i got a three beds in my yeah so think about it you have (laughs) two units you can rent fully for market rent right and that like probably would make you live for free if you're renting the market rent yeah. And then additionally, while you're living there, you just get two roommates in each of those rooms and that's pure cash flow. Yeah. It's just it's just really cool. And then once you move out, then yeah, it's just pure cash flow anyway. But you can purely cash flow before you actually own the property without living in it. Um, as long as you're okay with, you know, being a little uncomfortable. Yeah. But exactly. You're not you're not growing unless you're uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, man. I, I totally hear you. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's kind of the dynamic, you know what I mean? Like I, I was telling one of my buddies the other day, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm starting to get pretty comfortable like living on my own. Like, man, literally like the size of my bedroom at, at my parents' house was like the size of like a, a closet, like literally <laughs> really? in a bed and like there's this little like dinky closet in there. And like, that's that's all I've had for the past, you know, 21 years, you know? And now yeah. all of a sudden, like I have a bedroom that's like twice the size and like, like my own stuff. And I'm like, Oh, this is kind of cool. I'm like, but no, dude, like you need to stay focused. I'm like, you're trying to get that, you know, cash flow and like, you know, saving up a decent amount of money again to eventually, you know, look for another deal. And like, you just got to keep mm-hmm. moving. So that's yeah. kind of where I'm at is like, you know, basically getting one or two roommates in here. Cause I mean, also like the parking situation is a little quirky. So yeah. I know for a fact, I can get one more car in here, but I'm not sure about two, so we'll have to see. But yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely the dream, man. You know, it's like I feel like if you're able to, um, and it, like, and it kind of makes sense for your situation. Like, if you're able to house hack a multi, and like, say it is in like a college town or like you know not too far from one, I think it it can definitely be uh, kind of a game changer. You know, if you can take in another, you know, one, two, or um, you know roommates as well like living in living in your unit with you and oh, it yeah. definitely is to your point it, it definitely is going to be uh 
a little bit of a sacrifice of, you know, kind of like living with a couple more people all the time and everything. And, um, you know, kind of like getting across a couple of those, you know, small hurdles and just figuring out how to, how to, you know, work with people very, very closely and stuff, mm -hmm. but it can definitely be very worth your while, you know, if, if you can get by. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, well, that's like one of the biggest factors that people don't like think about doing house hacking or multifamilies in the beginning is because they just, they don't want to be uncomfortable like after school or whatever they're doing they're just like i want to get the big house i want my own space um but if you can just prolong that delay uh -huh. gratitude a little bit and just start doing a little bit of like you know, multi-family investing like you're uncomfortable you're not in the place you want to be but you're living there for a reason yep. to get to a place you want to be uh the place you're gonna be in the future is going to be 10 times greater than the place that you get when you if you like just came out of college or started a new job or bought your first property that's the way I look at it. Exactly, man. I, I totally agree. You know, it's, it can be absolutely game changing, you know, I mean, especially too, like, like if you were able to do that for, you know, a year, like two years, you know, maybe who knows, you know, maybe that extra cash flow, depending on, you know, how the situation is and like, you know, how you're able to play your cards and everything. What if, you know, maybe the, the extra cash flow coming in from the tenants could be, they could fund your next down payment, you know I mean? Yeah. Or like at least part of it or, or, you know, whatever the case is, but, um, yeah, it's, it sounds like it can be absolutely game changing. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the goal is obviously to get enough multifamilies, but the cash flow is just paying for your boat, yeah. like your boat on the lake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then you're like, okay, I'm just going to live on this boat. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you can house hack a boat or like Airbnb a boat. I wonder if that's a thing. You can. You can. You can yeah. Wow. I was in Maine. I was in Maine and people were doing it. What? Yeah. They have like these, these boats that have uh, like sailboats, but underneath it have like rooms, like yeah. actually walk down and there's rooms and yeah, you can Airbnb it for like a week. And then you just be the person that drives them around on the boat. And it's like, they make a lot of money. They make That's like, cool. they make like just going on vacation. It's like a working vacation every single day. Right. Cause you're out on the boat, you're just going to like little islands and, uh, they were making like a hundred K a year. Wow. Just house hacking the boat. That's, cool, man. <laughs> That's super cool. Huh? Right. Oh, I was like, well, I was like, what do you guys do? They were like some, they're like 60 year old, like a uh, husband and wife. They're like, we just take people out on rides and they, they can sleep down there if they want. We just treat them like we, you know, make them food and stuff. They're like, we're just relaxing yeah, we, I mean, we make like six figures and we have like a few other like properties too. I'm like, geez, these guys are cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, get paid six figures to hang out and, you know, have some fun with some people and. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm down. I was like, that sounds cool to me. I, I went home and I told my dad, I'm like, dad, I know what you're going to do when you retire. You're going to go buy a boat <laughs> and you're going to drive people around and house hack it. And he's like, oh, that seems pretty cool. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> that's cool man talk about niche huh oh my god right yeah that's a specific niche <laughs> wow so Wendell, let me ask you this my man so what's kind of your your drive and your vision for the long term yeah so my drive my main drive is basically i just like i was talking about before like i went back to my nine to five and um, I work like a nine to five now. Um, I'm a loan officer and, um, 
it's kind of like a nine to five, but it's a little more free. It's like, uh, it's not really like a nine to five, but, uh, my, my goal is obviously my vision is to get out of that. So I don't ever really have to be tied down to any type of W2 income. Um, unless it's my own business paying myself W2 income then that works. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, that really, another reason that really sparked was, um, when I was 25, I got diagnosed with type one diabetes and I was like, all right, well, you know, I don't want to be forced to work a nine to five and have to worry about, you know, keeping a nine to five, even if I hate it for like health insurance. Right. So I was like, I'm going to just work my butt off to the point that I can like grow my own business in real estate um, to pay myself to do whatever I want, that I don't need the nine to five plus can cover like all medical expenses. Um, And my vision really is just to build it to the point that, you know, I just have a major like business running itself. I'll do property management in house. I want to do everything in house. That's my goal. Um, and then, you know, I could see myself going and doing like big development stuff, like a large, like hotel or like a resort or something. I think that would be sweet, you know, just something like <laughs> something cool that like, and then that's where I would like retire because I'd just be like on the resort all day, kind of just overseeing it. <laughs> that's cool man i love that and then you can have your boat that you house sack in in the water over there exactly yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like that a lot man you know what i mean like that that why is absolutely incredible you know and it's it's so true man you know it's especially i've heard that a couple times actually especially with you know how like health insurance is is treated for you know like business owners and like people who don't work the W2, like it's mm-hmm. somebody uh, pretty close to me actually dealt with that uh, kind of recently. Like she got laid off and, um, you know, had to, had to get her own health insurance, you know, from Massachusetts and everything. And like, even then, like it was absolutely like ludicrous, like how much you had to pay, you know, without, um, you know, like not paying in with other people and stuff from, from a W2. And it's crazy, man. You know, like, I feel like that kind of conversation isn't really had often. And I'm kind of curious, like, if anybody out there is able to kind of, you know, give some input on like strategies that they use and stuff for health insurance. Like if you own your own business or like, if you're an investor, like, you know, how do you, like, what's, what's kind of like a popular technique, you know, to be able to still have like a good insurance plan or like, you know, do you have like the very, very minimum and then like just save up a bunch of money for, you know, if you have to pay stuff or whatever, that's interesting. You know, I'm kind of curious, like how people, uh, how like entrepreneurs tackle that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I used to like, I used to work for ADP, uh, payroll, like the payroll company. Um, and they, they're like one place that you can kind of get like an HR service that is like, um, if you're a business, right. So you're like, you only have your investment business. You can get ADP to be your payroll, but then they can also supply like health insurance, 401k, all that stuff, like employees. Um, but that's like a pretty big company and it's like more expensive, but I do. Yeah. I would wonder like, what's the best way to like some, you know, not like medium sized, small, small business type, uh, like how they approach kind of getting the best like case scenario for like health insurance and 401k and uh, stuff like that. Um, Cause ADP is, I mean, ADP is good, but it definitely is like on the more expensive side. 
you know, I, I totally get where you're coming from, man. Yeah. Uh, it, it definitely sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, like that's just, you know, that's like one of my whys. Um, another why is just, uh, you know, I just want to get to the point that once I have kids, I don't want to be like, have my work deter me from seeing something that like that I want to see them do like say a sports game or something. Like, I don't want to be like, Oh, I gotta go to work. I can't come. I want to be like, you know, you know, my business is set. It's like running, whatever. I can just go do whatever I want and go see my kids. Um, Cause like, you know, one of my biggest goals is obviously to have a family and, you know, make my kids the best people they can be and leave a better me on this earth. Once I leave, you know what I mean? And that's like the long-term goal. And I think the best way to do that is, uh, you know, through real estate for me. Yeah. You know, I, I, I totally get it, man. Did you, did, uh, did you play sports when you were a kid by any chance? I did. Yeah. I played yeah. <laughs> pretty much any sport. <laughs> yeah, there we go. You know, I, I totally get where you're coming from, man. You know, it's, um, it's, it's huge. You know, I, it, I yeah. actually, I hear that decently often, you know what I mean? Like of, you know, being able to, to be there, like for all of those kind of moments and like sports games, especially, you know what I mean? Like having games, you know, on like four or five o'clock on like a Wednesday or something, you know, and like 99% of people are still, you know, at work or on their way home or in traffic or whatever the case is. And yeah, like, just imagine, you know, like how special it will be, you know, to be able to be like, oh, you know, like, yeah, I'm done for the day at like two o'clock, you know, now we can go to, to little Wendell's, you know, baseball game or something. Yeah. Like, that. like you know, like, get up, buddy, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like, it'd be awesome. <laughs> and then like that your kid gets even more pumped because like his parents are there, you know, it's, it's cool. It's huge. You know, it really is. <laughs> yeah. It's the little things, man. It really is, you know. I think people miss that too. Like, I mean, a lot of people go into real estate for, or even like business and stuff, but just like money and stuff. Um, I mean, which money is important. Money helps create freedom. Um, but it's mostly like for the freedom, you know, that's, that's mostly why people do it, but some people get caught up in like the money, but money does create freedom. So I guess it makes sense. Yeah. You know, Wendell, what is, uh, what is the most important lesson that you've learned over your career so far? So I guess the most important lesson for me is, and I still face it every single day is like, <clears throat> you know, we were kind of talking about this before, like get comfortable being uncomfortable. Cause when you're uncomfortable, it means that you're growing. Yep. So you should keep on striving to like put yourself in a place that you're like, like, can I do this? I don't know. It's like, is this too much? Like, that's the space you want to be in. You don't want to be in the space that's like to the point that it really is too much that you're going to fail. Yeah. But you don't want to be in a spot that you're kind of just sitting back and you're like just letting life kind of chill and go by. You want to be in between where you're like in a spot that you're uncomfortable, but you're still progressing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's my biggest lessons I learned because once you find yourself like in that spot and you just continue to stay in that spot, you get kind of used to it. Yeah. And then it gets, it gets, people say, you know, it doesn't get easier, but it just gets more like routine. Yeah. And then you just keep on slowly progressing. Um, and that's definitely like one of the biggest lessons I learned to then. Yeah. Like another lesson is, you know, networking is huge. You know, like it's about the people, you know, that can really progress you. 
and help you get to like the next level. Um, not about just yourself. So the less you worry about like just yourself and what you're doing and like, you can kind of go create some friends and network, yeah. um, build teams and friendships and people with similar mindsets and goals. Uh, it helped really helped you progress in, uh, in business and especially in real estate. Yeah, no, I, definitely, man. I, I totally agree. You know, and like, especially to your point of, um, you know, kind of finding that medium between like, you know, just kind of like coasting and like your day to day and like, maybe not, you know, kind of taking more of like a passive angle on, on life in general, I guess you could say, as well as like over leveraging yourself to the point of no return. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's hard to find the balance, man. And it's funny you say that, like, that's, that's something that I'm kind of struggling with right now is like taking on like way too much and like, just being like way too over leveraged. And it's, um, it's interesting, you know, cause I, I think you're right doing like enough then like, or like maybe like just a little bit, then like you kind of start to get comfortable and like, you know, like maybe it's, it's just kind of like easy or maybe it gets like mundane, like to do, you know, like the same thing over and over again. And, um, you know, but also having the extreme on the other side of like literally not having any time to do anything at all, you know, and like you just have way yeah. too much going on and like relationships and stuff start to, you know, not be looking so good and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. It's definitely interesting, you know, to, to kind of find the balance. Yeah, I treat it. It's kind of like working out, you know, if you like go to the gym and do the same weight on bench or squat every single day, eventually you're not going to progress to get better. Like you're just going to keep doing the same thing. You're going to maintain it, but are you happy maintaining it? Or do you want to get a little next step? So then you got to put a little bit more weight on and then you're like, this is a little uncomfortable, but I can do it. And you get to the next step and then you'll get to the next step after that too. You know, you just keep on progressing that way. Yeah. You know, a hundred percent, you know, it's um definitely like, you know, kind of having those, those, you know, I guess tasks like that you do, you know, like every day and stuff like that. And, um, you know, to just kind of keep building up, I guess you could say, <laughs> you know, yeah. like those, those repetitive, uh, kind of things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah, there is a point to being, I was listening to podcasts, um, and it was like Andy Frisella, like real, real, oh, yeah. it's yep. a really good one. Um, and he was talking about like work, work, work balance, work life balance. And he was explaining that, like, you know, if you keep on saying, like, too many people nowadays say, like, work-life balance is just, like, oh, it's just too hard. I'm going to do work-life balance. Like, I need a work-life balance. So I'm going to go relax for, like, a week. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, too many people say that, like, when they're not even going that hard. Like, they just, like, are using that as an excuse to get out of it. But, like, a real work-life balance is kind of, like, you know, working to the point, like you're progressing your goals and then you can take a little time off and like relax and reap the rewards just a little bit, like maybe, yeah. maybe like 10% of the time. And then the other 90%, you're just kind of going. Yeah. Um, I think that's the best way. Cause you do have to like, you can't go too hard like the whole time because then your mind will just burn out. Mm -hmm. It's like, you'll, you'll definitely like almost hurt yourself more than, you know, not taking a break. Uh, and you might, you're going to step back even more because you're going to like burn yourself out to the point. You're going to say like, you know, screw this. Or you're going to mess up really bad. You're going to over leverage yourself that you set yourself back like years. Yep. Um, you know, and it's important to understand that like balance, but you just, the only way you find that I feel is just by doing it, just 
yeah. jumping into jumping into a deal, see how you feel as you're doing it. Um, and then if you're like, okay, I, I feel good now. Then you jump into the next one. Maybe you do another one at the same time and you're like, oh my God. Okay. Like this is definitely my max. <laughs> 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 this is my max. And you're like yeah. working on those. But then once you do that, you're like, okay, maybe I can do three deals now at the same time. Boop, boop, boop. And then, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree, man. You know, it's, um, it's definitely tough. I feel like it's kind of different for everybody. And to your point, you know, like I, I feel like you just have to kind of, just have to kind of find it, you know, like, and eventually it will come. Um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like everybody's different. Everybody has a different like way to get there, find it out. But the most important thing is you just try to find it, you know, instead of just sitting back and chilling, you yeah. try to find that spot where you're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Get comfortable yeah. being uncomfortable. That's what they, <laughs> that's what they always say. And like when I was in the military, they used to always say that. Like get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I'm like, well, this isn't that. Yeah, like sleeping in dirt is a little different than you know working towards your goal. <laughs> <laughs> I I totally forgot you were in the military, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in for, I think, yeah, like seven years. It was fun, but it, it let me like another thing too is like it let me use the VA loan, which is awesome. And like yeah. the loan's great. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. So, Mr. Wendell, what is your best piece of advice to new investors that want to start and manage their rental portfolio? Hmm. Well, if you're a new investor, like when I was new, I thought that, you know, I had to save up a ton of money. Like I needed money to start. You know what I mean? Yeah. I knew nothing about loans, nothing about anything, like options out there. Uh, But there's a ton of like, options of loans where you can get really low down payments you can get almost zero percent down i mean you can use the va loan to get zero percent down but there's also like mass housing loans say you live in massachusetts you have zero percent down loans do that too like there's options out there for you yeah you just have to search read keep continuing to educate yourself and you know look around talk to people network so i think that's like the number one thing that i would say for new investors is really just get out there and just talk to as many people as you can read as much books and information that you can and just try to find, you know, a way into real estate. Cause once you get that first deal, the next one is easier. And the next one's easier. It's always that first one and just jumping in. Yeah. Um, you know, that's hard. And, you know, another thing too, is for new investors. And I, I see this a lot, like dealing with some of my clients that are trying to find the first house hack, they get very, you know, as a new investor, you get very picky kind of with your property. You're like, yeah. you walk in and you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, that's not like, I don't know, those pipes look a little old or something. Um, and you're like, I don't know the paint. I don't like the paint. Uh, like you get very picky, but once you kind of understand what to be really picky about, what not to be picky about, like you want to be picky about obviously like a roof that's about to cave in or like electrical that's like, on like box. Fire, <laughs> yeah, like sparking downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> you might not. You might be like, okay, well, I don't know if I should get this property. Um, <laughs> but once you like get past that first property where you like picky, um, and just jump in, like you should just jump into a property. There's gonna be unknowns and stuff. Like there's no reason to be picky because even if you're picky, you're gonna buy a property eventually. It's just you're just prolonging yourself, and then there's still gonna be problems with it. There's always gonna be problems with rental properties. Yeah. Um, and you're just almost prolonging your 
ability to like quickly grow by like not jumping into it. Yep. Um, so I would say like, you know, don't be afraid to just jump in. Like if there's a couple things wrong that you don't really know and you're kind of unknown about, like you're supposed to have unknowns. Like I still buy properties. Like I'm going through a property right now that I'm looking at that I don't even know what the inside looks like, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to make an offer because <laughs> the outside look good. And I'm, but yeah. I'm just going to set myself up to like, look at the inside and you know, you set up like contingencies or whatnot. And you just learn that as you go. But, yeah. You know, when I first started, would I ever buy a property that I couldn't see the inside? No. No go. Yep. <laughs> no. But now I'm like, okay, like judging from the outside and other properties, like this is probably kind of what it looks like. And, you know, you just learn, but it's important to just jump in and get that first deal underway and, yeah. you know, read, do a ton of calculations, do talk to people and just learn, be a sponge. Yeah. I, I like that a lot, man. And to your point too, like, some of these things that like would scare a lot of people, like, especially just jumping in, you know, like it's, it's a really, really scary thing, you know? And like, you know, some of these things that, well, what I found at least uh, personally um, was, you know, some of the things that scared me like initially after going to like, you know, first couple open houses or showings or, or what have you, some of the things that scared me then, like, you know, definitely, aren't as much of an impact as they are now, you know? And like you said, like you just kind of pick things up with time. And like, that was something too, like, Oh, you know, if you see a house pop up on the MLS or something, say it's a two or a three family and one of the tenants, they're having problems with one of the tenants and they're not going to let you into unit one, you know, just throwing something out there to a lot of people just kind of starting off. And like this one, I definitely, you know, was in a situation or two like this where I saw a property come up. And it said like, oh, like you're not able to access unit one or like, you know, something like that. Like you're yeah, not yeah. going to be allowed in. Like it, it, it scared me away. Oh, yeah. You know, but the more that you kind of dig into it, that's as easy as like, oh, you know, go down to your contingency line in your contract and be like, oh, you know, offers contingent upon satisfactory walkthrough of building or like unit one. So now like you can still get it locked up, but you also aren't taking the risk of like buying something like sight unseen. Yeah. You know, and, and there's a lot of things like that. And like the more that the more that I kind of get into real estate and, and dig a lot deeper, you know, as time goes on, like the more I'm seeing that a lot more of it is is a lot more flexible, you know, than you might think, like, you know, first jumping off like into things. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like like if you buy a house, your house isn't going to like blow up. Like, it's not like, you know, I could be yeah. like, oh no, like I didn't see this unit. Like it's going to explode. Yep. Um, I mean, if you buy a house that like has really bad foundation, it might. It might. <laughs> <laughs> All this can but... on a good foundation. Okay. Kidding guys. But yeah, like, you know, another, like to your point, like um, just, just like once you, once you, as you go, um, you start like getting more comfortable with like the properties that you look at, obviously, because you start noticing like, okay, this isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, and one way that you can kind of speed, speed that up is try to find like a realtor that invests or like a loan officer too, yep. you know, that has an investor type experience of mind and then, you know, walk the properties with the realtor and they'll tell you like, you know, this is what you should worry about. This is not what you should worry about. 
um, then like the loan officer will kind of do calculations for you and show you the numbers and be like, this is a good first deal. Things along those lines, and that will really help you make be more comfortable in your first deal rather than kind of doing it yourself or being with like a realtor or loan officer that don't have investor type minds. Because um, yep. they're not going to really help guide you or make you feel more comfortable. They just kind of will show you the property and point out the good things. Yeah. You know, but investor minded will point out the bad things and then they'll be like, well, this is still a good property. <laughs> like this window is crap. You have to place that. This is, this roof is like, you know, five years away from going and like, you know, this pipe, these need to probably be replaced. Uh, and you'll be like, geez. But then the realtor will be like, yeah, but you're going to cash flow like $2,000. So it's bigger property. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you save up that uh, with, with this type of uh, savings. And then you can replace all those as you go. Like it's not a big deal at first. And you're like, oh, okay. I didn't think about that. You know? It's, it's super cool, man. You know, especially to your point of like, if you can find people within your network to, you know, that invest as well, you know, like, especially like it's absolutely huge. You know, if you can get, pretty much like everybody that you need in your team, you know, like maybe, uh, you know, a, a loan officer, an agent, uh, like an attorney, yeah, um, yeah. maybe have like, you know, an electrician. Somebody told me a while back, it's actually someone that, that you and I know very well. <laughs> um, and, and he gave me this tip. Um, whenever you buy a property to have an electrician, a plumber and a handyman on deck, like ready to go. And oh, yeah. that, I'll be completely honest. I'm still working on like one or two of those. <laughs> if anybody's got good contacts and limits, let me know. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like it was something as simple as that. You know what I mean? Like that, that can really make an impact. And like that, that gentleman was an investor himself, you know, and like just having those, like having people around you, like really close with that kind of insight is, is absolutely huge, you know? And, um, especially you know, like I said, like those people that are on your team, you know, and like, it's, it's pretty important, you know, and, um, especially like, you know, agents and lenders, like they might be able to see things completely different because they might be investors themselves, you know, and like, be like, Oh, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, you know, with the, um, like one of the units, like not being able to get in, but like, Oh, that's easy enough to write into the contingency. Like, no big deal. Like you'll still sleep tonight and like everything will be fine, you know? And like, you're not taking on extra risk. Um, but you know, maybe like people who are just kind of more into like the retail, like single family, um, like condo kind of space might not have, you know, been around multifamilies a lot. And that's, that's totally okay. You know, like both are absolutely amazing, but like to have those folks that are, um, you know, that you're going to be working with very closely, you know, have been experienced in that space before is, is detrimental and can totally change everything. Like, man, even, um, even, uh, you know, like something like down payment assistance, you know, like I, I just learned what that was last year. And like, I, I preach it like there's no tomorrow. I'm like, you guys got to check this out. Like this could change yeah. everything, you know? And like, it's, it's something that, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily know about, you know, like it's, it's not exactly like common knowledge, but it's, to your point, like, you know, if you just keep talking to people and, and reading and doing everything that that's in your control to keep, uh, keep learning, you know, like you're just going to be able to, you know, these things are just going to come up in conversation. Be like, oh man, like I use like a, a mass housing loan, like, you know, like only a couple percent down and like use this down payment assistance with this. And like, I only had to pay this much and it's, it's game changing. Oh Yeah. 
it really is, you know, and like, yeah, it's just the, the people, you know, is the, you know, the more comfortable you'll be and just, they say like your network is your net worth, which yeah. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't like that saying that much, but you know, there's a reason people say it. It's because, you know, the more people, you know, that can teach you things, the less that you have to like read or take time to do because yeah. you have so many contacts that can quickly give you the answer. And like, they're here to help you and you're here to help them. Yeah. It just puts you light here as a way, I mean, ahead because you basically have other people making mistakes before you make a mistake and they're going to teach yep. you about that mistake. So it's like a exactly. team. Like if you have five people doing jobs, the same jobs, but on different things. Um, and one makes a mistake. They tell the other five or the other four, the other four, like will less likely make that mistake now and they can move forward faster. And then once they make a mis- one of them make a mistake, they tell everybody they'll most likely like not make a mistake either. You know, it's a cool way to look at it. And if you just do everything yourself without like talking to people, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. It's really going to uh-huh. hold you back. You know, you're going to hit every single mistake, every road bump. <laughs> you can avoid some of those by, you know, talking to people and just learning and, and using experienced people to your advantage. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, man. You know, I'm like, it's, I think it's always really interesting, you know, to, to make sure that like, you know, you tell about, you know, some of those experiences and those stories and everything that you go through, you know, for like other people to learn from. Cause I actually, I, I wanted to say something about something that you mentioned much earlier of like, you know, when you buy, I mean, realistically, like any kind of property, but especially, you know, a, a two, three, four, uh, you know, unit multifamily, like not only, you know, are you taking on like all this, you know, really insane growth potential and like, you know, changing generations lives and everything, but also, you know, like problems come with that, you know, and like, you have to be able to get through those and like, things are going to happen. You know, it's, it's not necessarily like if things are going to happen, but when they're going to happen, you know, and like, if you're able to, you know, go through some of those things as they happen and then, you know, have some of those contacts that you meet, like just from shooting the breeze with people and everything. And, um, you know, that kind of thing, like, you'll be able to like, you know, run some things by people or like, you know, if a pipe bursts in your basement or something, like you know, like shoot Wendell a quick text or something, be like, Hey man, like, do you know, know any plumbers or, you know, going on? I don't have a floaty. <laughs> but, um, yeah. You know, and like, just to be able to have as many of those people around you as possible is like, it, it's, it could totally, again, you know, change everything, you know, and just to be able to, to leverage each other's resources and experiences. And, you know, like you, if, I don't know, I mean, say like, you know, there was something in your basement that you wanted to try and fix or like, you know, you wanted to try and like redo the cabinets in your kitchen or like add a backsplash or something, you know, like if you're able to, you know, or I should say the amount of power that you have, you know, if you're able to like, you know, just shoot a couple people a text or like a couple other investors be like, Hey man, like, you know, this is what I want to do for one of my units. Um, you know, I'm not looking for like the most expensive, like most luxurious, like absolutely luxury, you know, thing in the world. Like, you know, this is a rental, like I still want it to be durable and good, you know, but this is kind of what I want to do. You know, like, what would you recommend? And like yeah. those people, you know, have probably done it, you know, once, twice, five, 10, 20, 50 times, you know, and they can, who knows, like, you know, they can just be like, oh, dude, like, just get these, like, 
you know, LVP floors, like the snap together ones and like do it a certain way, do it this way. Like, and just the experience is, is unreal, you know? And I, one thing that I absolutely love about um, like the real estate investing community, man, is like 99.9% of the time, like all of us are there to help each other, you know? And like, we all just want to pull the resources and like, like the goals are so big and like, it's such a team-based sport that, you know, it's like, you can't not help each other, you know? Or like, like you said, like if you're trying to go through everything on your own, it's going to be a, a hard and, and bumpy road, my friend. <laughs> oh yeah. You know? yeah. It is. But yeah, like it's, yeah. I like how you said real estate, like a team sport. It really is it's just, and everybody is like, you, you can literally, you can walk up to any investor yep. if you're out of the bar and like, you can walk up to any investor. I guarantee they're going to like spit some knowledge at you and like help you out. Like, yeah. They just want to because like it's cool it's like a networking community like everybody kind of wants to know each other help each other because i mean you never know when you're going to see that person down the line that yep. maybe they have a deal that you want to buy from them or they want to buy a deal from you or you want to partner together on a deal you know it's all about just everybody's trying to reach a goal and it's yeah. pretty much the same goal in in a, in a broad spectrum yep um of like financial freedom of you know enough properties to kind of do whatever you want um and we can all help each other get there and if yeah if you try to do it alone you'll, you'll go a lot less far yeah <laughs> yeah no I, I i totally agree man <laughs> so wendell i got one more question for you i, I know we kind of talked about it a little bit but i'm gonna ask anyway so the question is do you read and what is your favorite business investing or real estate book that you would recommend to anyone I do read. I've been trying to read a lot more lately. Um, I feel that, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I read a lot of like nonfiction stuff, but I, I need to start reading a little more fiction because I've heard that fiction actually helps you, you know, get more creative and like even in business. Like nonfiction is good because you learn a ton, but fiction really like opens your mind more without you knowing it. And you'll kind of think of ideas like off the spot that you wouldn't have before. Um, but, you know, my favorite business book, I mean, people say, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is obviously a good one. Um, but I would say it, it's a book by Brandon Turner and it's called, you know, I'm probably going to say the title kind of wrong, but it's like <laughs> investing, <laughs> investing in real estate with no or and low money down. I think that's what yeah. it's called. Yep. Yeah. Because like, so... I read like, he has like three books. They're like, it's a blue book, a red book and a yellow book. This one's the red book. Yeah. Um, I, read, I read all three. Um, the blue one was the first one, which is just about like long-term investing broadly. But uh, the one about like investing with low and no money down, um, it really opens up your eyes to like the opportunities you can do within real estate. Like you could go, you could literally have like no money, but as long as you like know how to put together a deal, know how to run like management of a property. Um, and then you just find people with money that are, you know, maybe doctors, lawyers, or someone that just doesn't want to do anything with the deal, but they just want to put their money into a deal because they know the benefits of it. Yep. You can literally buy like million dollar property, buy a hundred million dollar property with none of your money. And then you can own a hundred million dollar asset and get, you know, gains from it and leverage it and whatnot. Um, and when you, you kind of read that book and see like the opportunities that you have and different ways to do it through like, you know, 
conventional loans through working with people through syndications. Um, it really just makes you understand that you can do anything, even like with barriers that you think are there, like money or you know experience, whatever. Like if you can bring something to the table, you can get into real estate, um, even if you don't have money. And that's kind of it's cool. It's cool how he, you know, explains it in that book. And I think, I think the way that he describes it is very, it's like medium low level. Cause it's enough to almost anybody can understand. Yeah. Uh, there might be some things that you read that you're like, what does that mean? And then you have to like, well, Google it and kind of research a little bit, but um, it's a really good, like starter book. Definitely. to like open your mind and be like, well, like I can actually do this, especially if your barrier is like, I don't have enough money to get into real estate, like read that book. And you'll be like, I can do it. I can do whatever. Like, <laughs> I can do it all. <laughs> yeah, I want to go buy Trump Tower. Yeah, <laughs> sell or finance it. <laughs> yeah, just sell or finance. He'll probably charge you. Why not? He'll lower it. Trump will be like, you get ninety nine percent interest because I'm the best. I'm the best lender. <laughs> Huge profits. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that is a super, super good book, man. It um, those bigger pockets books are really, really good. That that one especially, you know. And and to your point, like it really does open up your mind, you know. And I, I almost kind of want to read it again. It's it's been a little bit. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, there's so much stuff in there, and like I forgot a lot of it. Yeah. I need to go. I need to go back with like a highlighter, like post-it notes. Yeah. Like quickly, because they they write it like a it's like a like a textbook but it's not that boring so yeah it's like, like a textbook that you can enjoy yeah <laughs> go back to it <laughs> i know some of those books there is like just they're just so packed with information like same thing here man like i used to not i used to like just take a piece of line paper and like just write the notes on that and then i started getting too many of those with all the notes from some of these books and i'm like you know what screw it like i'll just start highlighting everything and it uh it's definitely the point of no return <laughs> yeah for sure yeah. <laughs> yeah that's i mean that that book is i mean which i put out of course i mean if you haven't even thought about doing entrepreneurial shit stuff um rich that poured out is definitely a top one um and i think there was another one but i can't think of it that's similar to rich that poured out but yeah i forget i honestly forget that's okay those, those, <laughs> ones are, those ones are absolutely awesome man I, I totally agree yeah yeah and then also listen to podcasts i would say i mean reading is awesome but you can't read when they like driving and stuff so not recommended <laughs> yeah i mean you could, you could like, read and, like, <laughs> i'd say a solid nine out of ten traffic cops wouldn't recommend reading in traffic <laughs> <laughs> i guarantee you like it was like phones and gps's and like podcasts and stuff and like i guarantee you if we go back in time there's people that are driving and reading <laughs> driving like a horse and buggy as like a thesaurus is like, like a book <laughs> a newspaper <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Times have changed, over, guys. <laughs> pulled over by a cop. You're like, "What are you doing? Just learning." <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the Sunday funnies, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like podcasts are great. I mean, there's a ton of motivate uh, motivational podcasts out there, and Bigger Pockets is great. I used to listen to Bigger Pockets so much, but I haven't listened to it a lot lately. Uh, I feel you, man. Because once you start listening to it a good amount, I. A lot of it's kind of repetitive 
Yeah. There's only so much you can listen to it until like you just have to take action and then go take action. And then you start learning more that way. But it's always yeah. good to go back to. Like I'll throw it on every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like podcasts, motivational stuff. You just start hearing people's stories and it gets you, you know, motivated to go do you make your own story. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel you, man. I, I'm kind of the same way with the BP podcast. Like I, I listen to it like every morning and work, uh, you know, on my way to work for, for a while. And now I just, I'm, I don't know. I, I kind of like to divvy it up a little bit, like find some new stuff. Do you do um, like audio books at all? I, I kind of want to get into that. I haven't, I've never tried it. I used to with like, um, like when I, so when I was in like military training or when I moved to Miami and stuff, uh, when I drove a lot, I would, I would get audio books and I would listen to it yeah. um, on like the plane, on planes and stuff. I would, um, audio books are really good to a point. Like I would, I would pick reading over audio books. Um, but once you like your eyes get tired and you just kind of want to like chill and listen to something, then audio books are like awesome. Yeah. Especially it's really cool. Like sometimes I'll be on a plane, listen to an audio book and I'll like fall asleep basically, but then I'll wake up. And I'll be like, oh, I missed like how many pages I missed. But then later on in the day, I'll think of the pages. Like I'll think of the story and I'm like, where did I hear that? And I'm like, oh my God, I was sleeping. And I'm remembering like what I was, <laughs> what I, what I heard. <laughs> it's weird. I think you figured something out, man. You can fall, fall asleep with headphones on and listen to everything and you'll be a genius. <laughs> you wake up, but like you don't remember it when you wake up, but like when you start doing stuff, you're like, Oh, I know how to do this. Like, why, how, why do I know how to do this? <laughs> Wait a minute, I could speak Spanish now. <laughs> oh, that'd be so cool. Right. right? Listen, to, listen to every language going to bed, you wake up and you're like speaking like Mandarin. <laughs> that'd be so cool. Hey, who knows, man, maybe there's benefits. Anybody want to do a study out there? <laughs> yeah. Someone go do a study and let me know and I'll be your first tester. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you so, so much for coming on here, Wendell. I, I could talk to you forever, man. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I mean, you're doing awesome with this podcast, too, and I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to be on it. You, you had so many uh, good guests, so. Thank um, you so much, man. <laughs> yeah, keep it up. Um, but, yeah, I would just, just good times, man. This is what it is. This is what it's about, just talking to people and learning from each other, you know. That's it, you know. So where on um like social media and stuff can you be found? I'll I'll drop everything. <laughs> yep, yeah. So um my Instagram handle is at Wendell Butler IV because I'm the fourth, so it's like an I and then a V. Ah, clever. <laughs> yeah. Um and that's pretty much my handle on all my social media. Yep. Um you can find me, I think, on Facebook that way too. Or you can just look up Wendell Butler, you might see me. Um and then uh, you can follow like my business too on Instagram and Facebook. It's Hammerhead Capital Inc. Um, yeah. And I just started that uh, with uh, the new commercial building that I got. And hopefully I'm going to get another one soon. And then that's what I'm hoping to take off. Yep. So, so working on it. It's just the I beginning, it. but we're going. Of course. The only way is up, my friend. Only way is up. <laughs> But already, Wendell, thank you so, so much again, man. That was absolutely awesome. <laughs> awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys, that concludes our Creating Wealth podcast episode for today. 
I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, 